0: So, I don't know. This is it's been a couple months now, but I don't know if you remember what your 2020 plan was ministry wise. But I'm pretty confident that it did not include a pandemic.
1: No, no, (laughs) um, it included a lot of things, um, and felt like it was going in a really good direction. And like that, there was, I think you and I talked about the beginning of the year, even felt like hey, there's some momentum, like in the ministry right now, things are, things are moving and there's direction and focus and, and then there's a pandemic and it's reset everything.
0: Yeah. um, We, we've obviously had a lot of conversations um, about ministry plans and things we wanted to do. And I mean, literally everything has come to a screaming halt. I mean, so, I mean, we we're sitting literally in the middle of a pandemic. I don't, I've never experienced anything like this before.
1: The closest I could think of, and, it, and it's not even close, but it'd be other disaster-type scenarios. Like, I remember being in Louisiana when there were the, like, historical floods. And so for three weeks straight, my job was nothing but gutting houses as a pastor. But even that, we still did our church things, like, per usual, in, in our normal way. We didn't We didn't come to the screeching halt and then the scramble to, we have to do everything different. Somehow.
0: Yeah. yeah, same. I mean, I'm from a place where we have a hurricane season, so I'm used to it. You know, there's a there's a one to six, maybe eight week window where you know, you know, for if, if a huge storm hits, things are going to stop. Yeah. But like you said, it's things like, okay, helping people with their homes and getting things back in order. And as soon as uh, the order is anything close to being what it was, you can go back to having services. And some of those services are the best ones mm-hmm. because in the middle of a disaster people come together and worshiping god but i've never had anything where it's like hey you're not even allowed to do that
1: right so right. it's um those times have almost brought more togetherness even physical togetherness not the hey we have to stay away from each other like the the natural response in those times of crisis has always been band together let's get together let's be together let's support each other carry each other's burdens and it's always been the opposite of what Is happening now
0: yeah i've never experienced anything where we're told to separate from each other no nothing i've never had anything like that so we are two young pastors and we work at the same church and our ministry is relatively to the same people yours is to students and and more often than not just in a slightly different way i'm involved in the parents Mm -hmm. of those students preaching and teaching and and doing what it is that we've been called to do scripturally, but also some unique cultural things that we get to do as the church and as leaders of the church. So since we have literally been able to do none of that <laughs> in its traditional form, what does the last three or four weeks look like for you?
1: Uh, I think it looked like for everybody, the initial like everything stopped. And then there was a lot of scramble for, well, then what do we do? I think a lot of my first couple of days was fighting the don't freak out and just do something without thinking it through, without trying to plan what's next. Um, and then everything has been kind of a guessing game, an experiment game, and uh, try to learn new things to make something new happen game, and, um, and then encouraging myself and, and, and our leaders that, hey, right now is the first time that there's kind of no rules. If something goes great, Let's keep building off of it. If we try something and it flops, that's okay. It's the first time us or anybody else has had to try to do this, and all we can do is is pray and, and try to lead in the way that we that God is, you know, equipped us to do. And it's just going to look different. And so every day has almost looked different.
0: Yeah, that that's a really good point. Every day has looked different. Uh, one of the things that's been really different for all of us as a staff is taking physical church and turning it into digital church oh. and it kind of weirds me out even just saying that because I, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what digital church means yeah. but I mean you obviously we understand what we're talking about but but we' we're, so our church is a church of about 900 mm-hmm. give or take and the demographic of our church and you and I've talked about this before obviously not um, with microphones in front of us but <laughs> but yeah. uh, the demographic of our church is very unique. And what I mean by that is, it's not old, but it's not young. It, it's also not kind. It's not quite in the middle. It's a little bit north of in the middle, probably. Yeah. Uh, and where we live, we live in a pretty conservative place, pretty laid-back place. So, from a technology and digital perspective, our church isn't on the cutting edge. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't we're, like we don't use technology. There's tons of people in our church that know how to use it and use it
1: well. But like as a large group, as a church, we this is not what we do. No, and I would say, people are familiar with technology and know how to do different things. But it's probably things that they've needed to learn to do something else. It's not like we live somewhere where digital is part of a lifestyle. Right. It's kind of a it's a thing we know how to use because you know for entertainment or for whatever else. But it's not something that we lean on, or something that's like an integral part of how we do most of our life
0: yeah I mean the the quickest example I could think about is uber I mean every time I travel to a huge city I use uber I mm-hmm. love it uh, ride sharing is great and it's just second nature when I'm there and then you can obviously tell people who lived it because it's just second nature to them right and so that's not second nature to us here. I mean, everyone here owns a vehicle, if not multiple vehicles. And we right. hop on our cars and go when we want to go. It's just not something that we... It's not a part of our lifestyle. Right. And a lot of a lot of really large areas, digital church, again, I mean, I'm not using that. I'm not saying I have an issue with it. It just sounds weird. Um, but digital church is something that a lot of places do. They have multi-site. Right. They have multi-services. They have multiple dig- things that they put out in digital content and digital format because it reaches a lot of people. And again, we do a similar thing, but again, ours isn't, it's different because it's not an everyday part of our lifestyle. So, so it's just, it's strange to have to even force ourselves as leaders to think in that
1: vein. It is. And we don't, I think we're some of those, um, maybe it's just more, um, digital lifestyle areas or demographics. A lot of those churches also have staff members that, Hey, that's your only role here. You're the online Campus pastor, or you you're in charge of all the digital content, and we're pumping out a lot of digital content. And mm-hmm. here, we don't have that. We have some things in place, you know, for kind of smaller scale digital things. But um, you know, we've had to go, okay, how do we how do we do these things? Who does these things? How can we figure these things out? Who's who's running this? How do we you know put out? Everything that we can for our people in the best way. And it's something that we've had to, again, figure out. I think that's one of the things I've noticed quickly is in the last few weeks, having to go, okay, I need to learn how to use this. Okay, how do I post to here? How do I record this in the best way? How do I reach people using this tool, this digital tool that just haven't used before? Mm -hmm. So it's also been like a stretching time of okay, it's time to learn learn what's out there and what can be used and, mm-hmm. and how to use it.
0: Yeah, um, we we literally had to learn and successfully put together a online service and, an online, and, and things in o- online format. We had to learn to do that in like five days. Yeah. I mean, we went from, hey, we had a service and not, you know, like we gave people the option to show up that first week just because we weren't sure what was going on. You know the regulations were different from state to state. There wasn't a whole lot of government involvement from the top down. Yeah, but that changed literally overnight. So we yeah. had to we had to make some adjustments in the moment. And you talked about having to learn how to do things online and learn how to put out digital content. Um, so outside of like the the logistics and those types of things, mm-hmm. what what's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself? internally over the last month now that we have been stripped down to doing something that we weren't trained to do i mean like and you have to remember like we i'm not meaning you i'm talking about to listen to the listener listener we we are we're pastors so you know through our understanding of our role in scripture and given what it is we do and what we love to do that very much at its core involves being in the same place with people. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 an aspect of community that you can't replace. Like it's what we do. Yeah. So we aren't allowed to do that. We can't do that. So yeah when we talk about yes on one side of the coin, um logistically and as a ministry, we've learned real quick on what's the best way to serve our people in the ways that we have, which is technology and it's great. But what have you learned about yourself internally?
1: Uh, I think one of the biggest ones is I wasn't as prepared as I thought for the separation from people, like specifically from church community, whether that's um, the people my age, it's the pastoral team, but, but very much like everyone in and around the student ministry. Um, I think we talked before, I think we actually even talked on the, on the podcast before about like, I'm introverted, right? Like I, I wouldn't call myself a people person, Um, like in my natural sense. Um, and so I was kind of thinking, all right, this will, I've got to do some different, I've got to do the things a different way, but it'll be all right. And I'll be okay. And and I can encourage everybody. And very quickly, I was surprised at how much I missed people, Mm -hmm. um, and specific people and specific groups and our specific times together. And just the, even just the little hanging out bits and the, you know getting to see people's faces and ask them how their week went and get to have that interaction and that back and forth and then being able to to actually see people engaging while teaching them is a very different thing than looking at my phone while it's recording mm-hmm. me teach something right um, and I was not prepared Again, because I'm, I'm one that goes like, all right, when I need to reset, I need to get away from people. And I, I don't, I just, I just need that sometimes. And that's just how it works. I'm really surprised at how much I feel like I need the opposite now.
0: Yeah. So you stole what almost word for word what I was going to say, like you mentioned before, earlier, we, you and I did have a episode on the podcast where we briefly talked about that as a part of being unique to our, both of our personalities. And I echo that. Um, yeah I'm, I'm very much introverted and I enjoy being by myself I enjoy um, the times that I do get to be by myself and 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 invest in the things that I like to for me even if it is for the sake of helping others mm-hmm. but I had to look myself in the mirror and say to myself about four maybe five days ago I had to admit that I am having separation issues <laughs> I like and I it's, it's interesting because on there's a part of me... I'd say like there's 70% of me that is not surprised by, by that. No. 70% of me is surprised by that. 30% of me is not surprised. But I am not sure what to do with the feelings. <laughs> I've been working them out. I've, I've been working them out every day. There's a part of me that's like, okay, this will be over soon, so I'll just do what I need to do, make contact with all the people that I know and love the best way I can using technology, but it's only going to be a matter of time before we're right back to it. And then it's getting extended and it's extended. And now in some ways I'm forced to say to myself, okay, this isn't almost over. We've got another possible four to six weeks. So I got to kick it into gear. And I legit have separation issues. Like I love teaching and preaching. But I don't think I knew that I loved it this much in the way that we get to do it. Yes. Because I'm writing lessons every day. I am teaching online using Google Meet, which is, I hate it. <laughs> um, I am using this chat system we have, it's called GroupMe, to mm-hmm. stay in contact with, with uh with young adults and young marrieds, and I'm texting and calling and emailing everyone that I can, and staying in contact with them the best way I can, given the situation. And I don't hate making contact with those people, but I hate the way I have to. Like I I have, and again, this isn't about me or a performance thing, but I don't think I realized that I would miss, you said it best, like getting to watch People walk through scripture together, yeah. do the ministry together, um, react and interact with the in-person teaching. I don't think that I realize that I would miss that the way that I have in the last few weeks. I mean, in some cases, I've felt like I don't know what to do. I, I oh, mean, like, yeah. I just I don't Gosh, yeah. I don't know what to do. I mean, like I'm prepping lessons and they're stacking up, but I haven't had a chance to preach any of them in the, in the traditional way. And it's, it's odd. I don't know what to do with it. So, yeah. I the, the most interesting thing I've learned about myself is, like you said, I love people more than I think I realized in a different way than I realized. And it's a maturity thing. Like, I matured to that. I mean, I think if we if this had happened uh, six, eight years ago, I might have been like, woohoo, we got a break from people. We'll right, see. yeah. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see you all in eight weeks. But... But now I, it's different. I, I really
1: don't like this. Yeah. And I think that's that's a good indication of, um, and maybe for you too, it sounds like it, the way uh, that God changes us when we follow his call in our life. Because uh, there's no doubt that if it was six to eight years ago, I would have been like, this is awesome. It's time to veg out on the couch and I don't have to do my job or something for a while. And all right, I don't have to deal with people. And so I can just kind of recluse into my, and just my area and my stuff. Um, and now I see the, wait a second, I'm, I'm longing for people. This is different. This is new. And, and this is an indication of the way God changes us into, um, into his likeness and into the way he wants to use us. And, uh, which is, which is a, is a really cool thing to see. I don't love the circumstance in which I'm seeing it, but, um, I think it is cool. I think it, you talked about one of the things that that you don't that you've struggled with and that i've struggled with the the whole difference of being in a room with people and teaching i find myself i don't in an under a normal circumstance i don't get nervous to talk to people i don't get nervous to teach i don't get nervous to share to sing to lead worship any of those things um, but now that it's in front of a camera and i don't i don't necessarily think it's the camera but now that it's one of these like I've got to do this so that I can post it to the internet and just kind of throw it out there. I find myself being anxious about it. Find it's myself Exact same. I feel like the
0: exact same way.
1: Not feeling like, oh man, I'm not that's not good enough or gosh, you know, is this going to just get I'm going to put this out there and then just get judged for what I do say or what I don't say or you know, if I do, you know, record a song so that our students can, you know, can have some sense of worship together. You know, is that weird because it's me and it, because it's not elevation worship or something? And in a room, in our normal circumstance, none of those things cross my mind because I go, this is our family and right. we're doing this together. And like, this is who we are and what we do together. And, and, and we enjoy it and we love it and we're worshiping and we're learning and we're teaching. But that disconnect from those people, from that family gathering together, just adds this weird anxiety and, and cautiousness to do the things that I would normally do anyway. Yeah. And so that's been, that's, I think that's been one of the more difficult things to get past is the, okay, well this is just something I'm gonna record and then kind of put out there. And it's different, but it's the same, but it's weird, but it's what I would normally do anyway. And it's, it's this weird dynamic of why is, why does it feel so different? And why is it such a struggle internally to post something, you know, to whatever social media or to the internet. To the same people. Instead people that of just you're yeah, to, yeah, just the same people that it would be if they were in the room.
0: Um, have you thought much about or are you nervous or fearful or uncertain at all when you think about the possibility of getting COVID nineteen?
1: Are you worried about it? Uh I'm not worried about it a ton. Like um, getting it for myself. Um, just because of the little that we do know about, um, the more susceptible demographics, I don't fall into any of those. Um, but I mean, Shana, my wife works in healthcare. Um, you know, she's having to follow all kinds of regulations. She's still going to have to see having to go see patients and having to go see more patients cause she's in home health and hospitals are trying to get people out of hospitals. And that means they get put on home health sometimes. And so, um, I worry more about her, and then I worry about okay. Well, if she goes somewhere and brings it back, okay, even if I don't present with it, you know, am I get passing it along to somebody else? you know, am I gonna carry this thing to somebody that can't deal with it? Who who does have pre-existing mm-hmm. um, health complications or anything? And so I think I think some of it's the what's probably the most scary part of any of it is is the unknown right. is the you know am I endangering other people I it's funny I worry about myself very little in this situation like I'm not I'm not really scared of getting it I'm not scared of being sick at, not to this point Um but I'm more worried about like okay I need to stay away from that person just right.
0: I have to the, the possible chain reaction right I was with this person and that person with this other person and that person hung up with their grandma and that right. grandma is more susceptible to it yeah um, what is, um, so we've, we've been forced to work from home in some, in some cases. Um, what does, what does that look like? I know you, I know you don't like working from
1: home. But... No, I don't like it. <laughs> um, I miss the separation of this is my home time and this is my family time mm-hmm. and this is my work time. I miss that for sure. Um, and I know you know this, but maybe everybody else doesn't. Uh, if you're listening, I have two little boys. One just turned three in March and one is about 18 months uh, and they are non-stop. The dudes are nonstop. They, they if I'm there, they're climbing on something, they want me to play all the time, which is awesome. I love that. Um, I loved it more when there was some work time separation and like then I would come home and it'd be all right, let's play. let's do it. Mm-hmm. this is y'all's time, let's go. Um, it's hard to work. From home,
0: yeah.
1: Um, I find myself having if it's something I really need to focus on and sit down and get done, I've either got to do the thing that's natural, but I don't love telling them no, I'm not going to play with you right now, or I've got to wait till the like nap and chill time window for like two hours, where it's okay. They're taking a nap and doing chill time, watching a movie. I got to sit down and plow through some stuff because there's not going to be silence and still when they come back. And so that's, that's been one of the hardest things. Um, you, you know, my house too downstairs, we don't actually have any room like doors. Um, it feels like different rooms because of the way that the house is, but there's no doors. There's right. no like, Hey it's dad's in space. the office or in that room. You know, we're not going to go in there cause he's working in there. It's all open. Um, which is great. Cause they get, you know, a racetrack to run around in a circle, but there's none of that. I need to do something. You guys are awake and ready to go but I, I need to not be and so that's been that's been tough um and I need to get used to it in some ways but I I hate hearing the well I need you to play with me and then having to go I'm sorry buddy yeah, you're going to have I'm, to wait I'm working right now yeah. Good. Jensen has started in the last uh, our 3 year old in the last few weeks if he gets if he gets sad or if he gets embarrassed or if he gets in trouble if he if he starts crying one of his favorite things to say right now is whoever did it to him, me or his his mom, he'll go, mama or dada, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> and, where I, and where I know that he's not really saying what he thinks he's saying, he's learned it somewhere. Yeah. And it's not something you love to hear from your crying yeah, toddler yeah. that I'm breaking their heart because it's this, no, I'm not. Um, that's cute and gut wrenching. Stop doing it. And it makes me feel bad. But I know that's what you want. You, yeah, this is a trap yeah, to make me yeah. play and
0: um I mean there's been there been a mixed uh set of reactions to working from home. My work my wife works from home, so mm, yeah. always. So she's used to it. Um so you know, when people have been asking her, What is it like? And she's like, Well I, I work from home, it's it's what I'm used to. <laughs>
1: it's like Tuesday. <laughs> yeah.
0: She's she's used to it. But I've heard a lot. Some people love it, some people don't like it. Some you know, a lot of moms who are stay at home moms they love that dad's home and can kind of help with some of that stuff uh, so it, it has been interesting to watch I'm curious to see what businesses and companies do eight months from now Yeah. now that a lot of people have been forced to work from home and then they see that they actually can work from home and that is it's an efficient way to work for some places I'm curious to see what that what kind of impact that
1: has Yeah, that will be, I us. think that will be interesting across the board that yeah. this will as the longer this gets the more it will impact the way everyone does things afterwards as well. Like it'll change the way we, I mean, change the way our roles work. It'll change the way different businesses. And that'll be, that'll be interesting to see.
0: You know, I've been, so I know this isn't following the rules, but I had to come to the church for something and then I, I was here late and I was on my way home. I think it was like 10 or ten fifteen. At night when I was on my way home and it only takes me about 10-12 minutes to get home from the church and I saw two other cars other than mine and I'm not sure why but that really surprised me I was shocked by the fact that no one was out and about and I, I mean I I'm I want to be as responsible as I possibly can and do do my individual part along with my family to aid in the in the lowering of the spreading of of the virus mm-hmm. and, and what we got going on. At the same time, there is some things, you know, everyone's talking about well, only if you're essential, only essential work. And I, it, this isn't I'm not trying to be prideful, but like what we do is essential. So there are some aspects of it. That requires me to come into the church, and and I limit that as well. But I've been really surprised by some of the reactions of people of the country at large, not just where we live, but like not just the the town and the city and the state we live in, but and the country at large. I've been I've been surprised by some of the reactions. I mean, I saw pictures of downtown um, Seattle, mm. downtown Denver, and downtown New York, and it legit feels like a dystopian movie. It feels like yep. every, every end of a world movie that you've ever watched, yep. that's what it feels like. And I guess there's a part of me that's been really surprised by that. One, I'm happy that people are taking it serious and trying to do their part. Two, we also live in a country where freedom is is a big deal and as it should be. So there's, there's parts of me, I guess was expecting a little bit more rebellion. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work in ministry and we're used to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was expecting a little bit more rebellion, but what are some of the things that you've seen that, what are some of the behaviors that you've seen from people, whether it's family members, people you've had conversations with, or just your observation that has surprised you the most?
1: Um, one of the things that, uh, I've gotten to see is I have, I have family and, and close friends that kind of span the entire East coast. So I have a brother in Connecticut. Um, I have family in Nashville, I have family in Memphis, Tennessee. I have family, um, in Mississippi and all the way down, uh, to Louisiana. And almost the differing reactions based on the cultures of those different places has been really interesting. Um, you know the my uh, my friend my close friends in D.C. Um, have taken this incredibly seriously. Like, I'm not I'm not leaving. Period. Um, if I've got to go get groceries, I'll go. But I'm uh, I'm suiting up. <laughs> like I'm, right. I'm I'm not. If somebody's coming at me, I'm walking the other way. I'm going around. All that stuff. Um, you know, family in Mississippi in rural Mississippi who have you know recently gathered and kind of had like an outdoor <laughs> <At a> barbecue. <laughs> yeah. They went down to the river and hung out. Um, you know, and so in a little bit in between where we've got, um, two of my siblings are one of the, are two of the best, uh, professions that I feel like they could be right now in this, um, pandemic. My, one of my brothers is the superintendent of, uh, Miramichi golf course, uh, uh right outside of Memphis. And one of them is, um, a really successful stylist in Nashville, um, both of which um, have uh, stay-at-home orders. Tennessee as a state doesn't, but those two cities do. Um, and I found myself thinking, this is the time I could be getting my, you know, my black market haircuts for free, yeah, yeah. and I could be playing free golf. But they live so far away, and but it's it's interesting to see the way that they've struggled, and 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 in some ways prospered through it too um you know in in tennessee you've got in the nashville area they just had the tornado now this has happened and my sister is you know over and above super serious about this and you know we've had multiple conversations about what this means and you know her being upset and the things that she struggled with and the things that we're dealing with and then my brother uh, with the golf course in tennessee has turned into Uh, media personality because they're the only ones open and so he's got to do he's got it backed up because people want to get out and play and Mm -hmm. somewhere that's you know approved to do that and um and then here i feel like we're somewhere in the middle of that somewhere in the middle of the hey we're gonna get together and and still hang out and you know lock down don't breathe don't don't move and so it's it's been interesting seeing that i think it's, a, it's such a weird thing to, to navigate, too, uh, because I think it's a natural human thing for me to look at, well, this is how this person's behaving, and this is how these people are behaving, and then make judgments and, and assumptions off of, well, that person's being a little crazy, or those people don't care about anybody yeah, else they're because they're acting this serious. way. Or yeah. and so I, it's, it's funny to, and if any of those people talk to each other, they'd probably do those same things and fight with each other about, well it's not that big a deal or we're being safe or you don't tell me what to do. I think that's been one of the, one of the things that I've had to fight um, and seen some of the, the more ugly things that I've seen have been born out of nobody gets to tell me what to do, yeah. what I can and can't do. Yeah, you can't tell me to stay inside. You can't tell me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I have that, I have a little bit of that in my personality and my spirit yeah. as well. Like yeah. dude, I'm yeah. going outside, but yeah, obviously the, the other side of that is like, no, I have to be responsible and, and that as well. The thing that I've heard from people... I've heard a... Um, like a There's like a cluster of things that I've heard from people mm-hmm. about the things that they are now forced to do, that they're getting to do because of the way the world is right now. I've heard things like, it's been nice because now we have been forced to slow down. Mm. It's been nice yeah. because we... Have more meals together at home, or we have been playing more games together, or we've been spending more time together. Or I've heard this one too we've been forced to come up with new and creative ways to spend time with each other. I I talked to couples and they were like, you know, there are some things about our marriage that we're now having to work on because we're spending a lot of time together. And, you know, yeah, some of those things can make for frustrating times here and there, frustrating moments. But that's a really good thing. And I've I've heard some other things too. I'm getting to read more. I'm getting to listen more. We're getting to do this. We're getting Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, My sister-in-law, which I know she's going to be listening to this, so shout out to my sister-in-law. I'm not going to call her name because once I give this little (laughs) quick story, she's going to know that it's her. But she told us the other day that she uh, cleaned a section of our kitchen that had not been cleaned in a long time. And learned about what the underneath of that surface looked no. like after it was clean. No, <laughs> I'm glad that she did that. Shout out, like I said, again. But I've heard those things as well. You know, we've done some of that. We've done some cleaning and some clearing out. Yes, too. And some of those types of things. Those things are great. It's really good. I, I Like, I love hearing about that from, from people. But what are some of the things you think people will learn about themselves during this and after this? And the way that they're behaving now? Do you think some of that will carry on? And to be like a a permanent practice, moving on, moving from here on out, like, do you think, or do you think it's one of those things where, like, the like our human nature, which embedded is Im- embedded in that, is something that's sinful. As soon as we get back to it, we're just gonna bounce right back and go back to doing what we do.
1: Yeah, I I almost I think I lean that way. I think I lean that um, people are appreciating it in some ways now what's happening but as soon as there's that oh wait we can go back to normal i think the in a lot of cases in most cases like the switch will flip and it'll be well this is what i know to do and so that's when i go back this is what's where where some of these things might be nice they're not necessarily comfortable for people or what they're used to it's it's almost like you're forced into being this way well once it's kind of life back to whatever usual will be at that point I, I kind of wonder um, if most of us won't revert back to this is who I was and how I did things. I, it kind of makes me think of, and I don't know the name of the principal, but you know, you've got a friend who you had for a long time, say, um, in high school all the way. It was your best friend in high school, and then you know it's been 10, 12 years since you've seen each other. Um, and then you come back um, and for whatever reason you bump into each other, you, you plan it, you see each other. I think your natural tendency is to, okay, well, this is who I was with that person. And so this is how we act together. And it was, and it's not how I act now. It's how we acted and behaved together then back then. Yeah. Um, and so I wonder if that, if that'll kind of be the same dynamic that, that happens now of wait, life is back to what it was. Okay. Well then I'm back to what I was. Um, I don't know that that's a great thing. Um, you know, I, I hope there are some things that stick. I hope, I hope the people that have gotten to see the value of rest, I hope that doesn't leave. Mm-hmm. I hope that the value of that is, is clear enough that it's, hey, I should schedule some of this into my life. You know, it shouldn't take the world stopping for me to be able to stop and breathe a little bit. And, you know, my family is not the worst thing in the world. Um, I love them and I enjoy them. And there's things that we can do together that that we all enjoy like that that should be something should be something that sticks man i i really hope so um yeah i like that this is proving
0: that we actually can do some things that we as a people group think that we can't do mm-hmm. and it's really awesome because a lot of those things line up with scripture i was reading through a little section of um first kings the other day and in judges and One of the things you notice in both of those books is you see the repetitive nature of the people, right? You see the people do the same thing over and over again, you know, they, they make a mistake, they get distracted, they move away from God. And then when they move away from God, they, they do their own thing. And then God has to send someone to help get them back on track. They get back on track, they (laughs) worship God and they worship God for an extended period of time. And then they kind of get, get loose and relaxed and then they repeat the same thing over and over right. again so um, one of the things that I'm hoping and I've actually been praying about through this pandemic is that from the spiritual side of things that we would one don't have some of the same fears that people who don't know Christ have Yeah, absolutely. and also that we would realize that we with him we really could do anything and, and some of the things we've been forced to do during this time should prove to us that we can do these things and that we can we can stick, we can stick with them. Uh, so I'm really, that's really what I've been hoping and praying, and and also from a teaching perspective, uh, I had a conversation with our lead pastor, Pastor Zach. Um, actually, it was just a few days ago, and we're already talking about what ministry could and should look like in 2021, given what is, what's taking place right now, because yep. this is going to from a spiritual perspective, this is going to last the rest of the year. And we really have some things that we could uh, be preparing for for the next year and the years to come. Yeah. Be, and also, we know this, I don't like this, but we know that there's some aspects of the way that countries and governments and leaders has responded to this. That's going to be duplicated. Some of this is going to be the new way that we do things. So we have an opportunity to kind of prepare ourselves for what, what that may look like. Uh I got I got a, like one or two more things I want us to cover before we just wrap up this kind of hey how you doing how have things been talk. Uh what how how do you think this pandemic specifically will impact ministry moving forward from a student perspective and just from an overall church perspective.
1: Yeah. I wish I had those like answers 100% so we could all and, yeah, we then, didn't know and, exactly. and share that and help everyone else prepare for hey everything's gonna be different in a way um, it, it is something I think about because I, th- I think it's something that needs to be th- thought about um, you know even as small as things as okay what am I doing now what are some things that we've implemented in this in this time that we see hey these are these are good things we we could do these whether we're meeting regularly or regularly or not that, you know, this might should continue something we can do together. Um, you know, I wonder the effect that it has. Um, I know what this effect, what it has, the effect it has on me as far as when things open back up, I'm going to be super pumped and excited, you know, to be, you know, quote at church and, and with everybody. Um, I, I really hope that that affects people in the same way. Um, I worry that it's gonna be kind of a, a coin flip on the people that are excited like hey it's back I'm gonna be there I want to gather with people and then the flip side of that is well hey if that's what online is gonna be like well I'll just I'll just stay here and I can
0: make this work for me yeah
1: um, <laughs> this couch is is actually pretty comfy and that's my own coffee and smells like biscuits are done mm-hmm. so let's have church yeah um, and so I, and you know and then the implications of what that means for online presence um, and online resources and you know even online communications um, uh, and so I, I wonder what what that's gonna be like. Um, yeah, there's a part of me,
0: and i'm I'm not trying to you know turn this into some huge spiritual scriptural lesson, but the really worrying and honestly sinful parts of me. Lean toward we're never going to recover from this. <laughs> this like we're going to have to come up with a new way of church this is going to be a new thing. We're never going to recover. But I, but I, and that's a small percentage. But there's an even bigger part of me that is really trusting in God and that's really optimistic about God and trusting in him and on what I understand of how he works. And secondly, understand how human beings are made. That makes me feel really encouraged That once this is all over, not only we're going to bounce back as the church, but I actually think we will see an increase in church involvement, reaction, um, togetherness, response to scripture, because we are being asked to do something that we aren't made to do. We're being stripped away. And I think, yes, there's parts of us, even myself, that's like, I probably, given a long period of time, could learn that how to do this this way. Mm, yeah. But that's not how we were made. So I think, yeah, there's going to be some people who are like, well, I can I this is comfortable. I can get used to this, blah, blah, blah. But I think deep down inside, it's embedded in who we are. It's embedded in our DNA. We are social creatures. We are social animals. We're going to want to be with each other. and want to do things. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's really excited about what this is going to, what kind of impact this is going to have on the church. I know it's not going to happen right away. But I do think it's going to happen. And I think we'll see, and not just here at our church, but I think, you know, the church, the global church, I think you'll see a reaction that maybe swings the pendulum the other way. Like, okay, you know what? Eight months ago, I thought that, you know, I didn't have to be as involved. But going through this pandemic, I realized that I need to be involved. And that's honestly what I'm selfishly praying for. So. I think, I think that's kind of what I'm looking forward to seeing in reference to the response from the church.
1: Yeah, and I, and I, really, I honestly think the same. I'm super hopeful for the realization of I want to be engaged. Um, I long to be engaged and, and measuring and then us trying to measure that engagement of yes, people are back, but they're also back and hungry. They're also back and wanting to be a part of community and mm-hmm. part of a body and part of a family, not just showing up. Because I think where I do miss the the being in the same place, it's the things that come along with being in the same place, seeing everybody smiling together, you know, knowing that we're working through and learning something together. No, you know, all of these different things that that happen that kind of lead to not not necessarily a measurement of church attendance, but of church engagement yeah. I'm here and I'm a part of this yeah. this isn't somewhere I go this is this is a group that I'm a part, part of. of yeah
0: uh, what have you been doing uh, just kind of like rapid answer here and I'll do the same what have you been doing to maintain your spiritual health and growth uh,
1: like most people I have more time for reading so that's been that's been nice I'm not a natural reader I don't like it but as other things have been taken away then that that uh, that's that's made room. Um, our pastors, I think, this past Sunday gave us a challenge of, hey, this is a great time for, you know, these spiritual disciplines to hone in. To, you know, you've got the time. You're not as busy. Um, well, I say, I say that I feel like I'm twice as busy somehow because yeah. of all the learning new stuff and yeah. figuring things out and different roles and stuff. But, um, you know, leaning into that, I think also this is a there's no better time. To really practice, and I think it's I think it's also a discipline of trust. Of worry is a natural response to things, um, but God gives us a supernatural answer to that, and it's the hope and trust that we have in Him. I'm an answers person; like I like to know what's going on and what's coming and what's happening and have a plan. But Jesus doesn't have to give me those things. Yeah, yeah, Jesus doesn't have to give me answers. God doesn't have to tell me what's coming next. God doesn't have to grant me security, like all of these things. But what he does give me is hope and something that I can trust in that if I don't understand, who cares? That doesn't matter. I'm just little me. I'm trusting in, in God, not myself. And so I think it's been a fantastic time of centering like in prayer life and reading and devotionals of, I don't need to hope in myself or in our routine or the way that we do things or trust that you know next week is going to be the same as this week or you know that what the future holds. I don't know those things, yeah. um, and so kind of leaning into and, and again practicing. I I think there is some some discipline aspect to trust because I don't know that it's a natural thing. I think it is something that's learned and something that. As you do it more, and as you, you know, kind of let go and, and succumb to, okay, I don't have to know the answers. I don't have to be in control. All I have to do is trust that God is who He says He is, and then be okay with that, and right. that be enough. Um, and so I think that's that's been one of the biggest things um, in the last couple weeks of, um, you know, don't freak out, you know, take a breath and, and remember what's most important. And that's not the answers. That's not the figuring it out. That's not me knowing anything or everything or even me being safe. What's most important is, is who Jesus is and the hope that, that I have in him and that I can trust him in anything.
0: What are you been doing to stay physically? Um,
1: in shape, mm, eating, sharp? Eating chips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, doing that, um, I tried to... Uh, I, well, I had, the, I had the surgery right before this happened. Yeah. So and so Yeah, I, was, been side-lined, I anyway. was down for two weeks while, um, really in the first week was, uh, the, or the second week was the first week that we had to kind of, you know, really redo everything. And, um, that's worn off. And so I've got, um, uh, I pumped up the, the tires on the bike and have been riding it in the basement, kind of on the little stationary thing, mm-hmm. waiting for another, waiting for another warm spell. And, uh, been doing that. Jensen likes to do what he calls exercise, which is, you know, we do a video on Amazon prime and he does it for three seconds and then laughs at you. There's yeah. nothing more encouraging when you're working out than toddlers laughing at you yeah. every time you do something different.
0: <laughs> uh, what about mentally? Uh,
1: mentally, I, you know, all of the, the differing like problems that come up or, or not even problems, but things that need to be figured out, you know, that Take some creativity or some critical thinking, um, really, in. And I don't mean this in like that I'm enjoying this weird time, but have been enjoyable. Like having a task or having a, hey, we need a set, you know, for the stage, because we're doing this differently. You know, let's figure out how to basically be a TV studio mm-hmm. <laughs> in, instead of a, a gathering place. You know, trying to piece that together, having to think through. All right, what's the best way to record this? Or, you know, how do I run this program? All right, what are the five different apps that I need to learn how to use that I can pass along to other people? And um, mentally, that's been um, challenging in a way that is kind of this, all right, my brain has been learning. My brain yeah. has been active. Keeping and, you sharp. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, um, same. I, I've I spent, you know, a ton of time reading and praying and... Like you said, trusting and reading scriptures on that. Uh, physically, I've, I've, I'm, I've actually pushed myself, which feeds into the mental. So I have a, I have a normal workout routine, but over the last few weeks, I've changed it and made it difficult. Not necessarily more difficult physically, but doing things that stretch me mentally. So you have to think about. Yeah, doing, engaging yeah. in some physical activity that I don't necessarily enjoy. So being able to mentally push through some of those things because that's I I, I kind of wanted to mirror what we've got going on right now. I have to do these things even though I don't enjoy them. So that's kind of what I've been doing to stay involved.
1: I, um, I like have that. gotten in. I have gotten in about I don't know twenty five hundred putts, late night putts yeah. on the on the rug in the living room. Yeah, so. getting
0: ready for golf season. <laughs> same. Uh, I did some. I did some golf stretching last night. <laughs> I'm so ready for it because. It's one of the few things that we can do, as we all know and we've heard and we've talked about. But um, here in Ohio, we still can't play golf because it's still cold and wet. So yeah. I'm watching all of these videos of guys being like, hey, it's pandemic, but I'm outside playing and keeping the golf game loose. And we're not in golf season yet. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that. Yeah. Um, But I, re- I really hope this has been an encouragement. I wanted it to be an encouragement just to kind of give you a window into what things has been like for us as pastors. We've been stripped in a way of, uh, we've been stripped with a section of ministry that is the most exciting part of it. And it's the people and it's the working with people and work and working for and together and learning and growing and worshiping together. We, we still have it in some senses because of the advancement of technology, but in a lot of ways we don't have that. And so, That's kind of what it's been like. Um, It's been interesting. It's been a little bit depressing and working through that, um, having some separation issues. So just know that from this side of things, we we understand that things are different for everybody. I just wanted to give you uh, an inside uh, look to what things have been like for us. Here, uh, if you don't go to our church, but you do have a home church, uh, maybe send, uh, you know, text your pastor or one of your pastors or all of them, and just say, you know, let them know that you're thinking about them, be praying for them, um, try to put yourself in, in their shoes in reference to the pandemic, uh, just, just know that they miss you, uh, know that they're excited when they get to worship with you in person again. So. Uh, just thanks for taking some time to be with us today. This is How Do I Get Here podcast.